Hey, what's up, friends? I'm Paul Jamison, and today on the podcast, I want to share my testimony of how I got born again and how I became a new creation in Jesus. This is uh, the story that uh, I've shared a little bit on my podcast before, and I've gotten a lot of feedback. Whenever I talk about God, it's by far the most messages we receive, and people are intrigued to hear more. And so it's a challenge for me as somebody who hosts a podcast that's in the top 100, you know, in the business entrepreneurship category, to really have the integrity of my show that I make a show about lawn care and landscaping, and people come for that topic. So I really want to stay in that lane. But we get so many requests and in you know interest and people asking questions about God and my pursuit of God and how I got radically changed by Jesus. And so Mr. Producer had a fantastic idea. He said, why don't we do a Sunday service? This can be a show on Sundays. It will There'll be no sponsors. It will have nothing to necessarily do with lawn care or landscaping, but it can just be a bonus show for those who want to listen in. They can tune in and enjoy. And for those who are not interested, they're only coming for the lawn care advice and best practices, then they can just you know enjoy the episodes Monday through Friday. And so that's what we're going to do. And this will obviously develop over the weeks ahead as we get feedback from you guys. And maybe I'll do some Bible teaching and really just dive into the word of the Lord and teach from the scriptures on Sundays. And some Sundays maybe will be an old-fashioned prayer meeting or I'll just be sharing what the Lord's doing in my life. I got so many cool stories. It's just, it's, it's starting to get out of hand just how awesome God is and the stories that are happening. And when I share these stories, I mean, it's just, it just uh, lights a flame in my heart and uh, is encouraging and inspira- inspiring. So without further ado, <laughs> I'm going to just dive right into it. You guys know me now as somebody who's trying to live squeaky clean and live totally surrendered to the Lord and the way I live my life, but that's not how it always was. I actually used to be very blinded by demons, and I was completely entrapped in the kingdom of darkness. And so I was a senior in high school. I was not living for Jesus. I was, spiritually speaking, I was as blind as a bat. I was, you don't realize you're deceived until you're not deceived. So I was very, very, very deceived. And uh, long story short, I think what had happened was there was a couple people that were really praying for me to meet Jesus and praying for me to encounter God. So their prayers, I believe, went before the Lord And the Lord unexpectedly, suddenly broke into my life. When I say unexpectedly, I literally was getting ready to go party in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina for 10 days. And this was a big deal for me because I grew up with strict parents, so I wasn't able to party too much. I had to really plan my Friday night. We do a doubleheader. We go out on Friday night, Saturday night, and get drunk. But you really had to be crafty about it when you had a curfew and you you, you weren't able to just get out there and binge party. So I was so pumped up because we're going to Myrtle Beach for 10 days, no curfews, no parents. And the agenda was, you know, drinking alcohol and smoking marijuana and doing that whole life. So I'm getting all pumped up. We had like a big countdown, 70 days, 60 days, 50 days, you know, and it's school. All my buddies were cheering, you know, for the trip, just, just hyping it up. And, uh, so little did I know the lady down the street was a prayer intercessor. And she's fasting and praying, and specifically one of her prayers was for me, to meet Jesus. And so here she is, not eating food, praying, and uh, 
long story short, on June 5th, 2004, I had my graduation party to graduate from high school. I literally had a body bottle of whiskey in my pocket. It was, uh, I, I had, didn't have much style back then. And, uh, I had cargo shorts on and they had the little pocket down by your knee. And so I had my whiskey or whatever. I was drinking rum. I, I don't even remember. It was, it was in a little bottle, Captain Morgan or something like that. It's in my pocket and I, you know, my party's going on. I'm a little tipsy. And I remember her walking up to me at my party and she had a suitcase she walks up to me and says, Paul, you're going to need this suitcase. And I said, yeah, thank you. I'm going to Myrtle Beach next week. You know, great timing. And she had this serious look on her face, and she's like, no, no, no. You're going to need this suitcase because the Lord's sending you to make disciples of the nations. And I thought, I was a little tipsy about that. This lady's so weird. But uh, thanks for the suitcase. And uh, she gave me a $100 check. And uh, she stuffed the suitcase with these uh, little devotional books. Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest. And I think she stuck a Bible in there. And she wrote me this long letter about how God was going to use me to disciple people. And I was thinking, this lady has no idea. I'm going down to party, party, party. So, okay, I'll take the suitcase though. So I get on the airplane. I don't really know who the Holy Spirit is. Don't know much about Holy Spirit. I land in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina on June 7th, and the conviction of God hit my soul where I just started to see into the spiritual realm. I just started to realize that there was way more to life than I was calculating, and eternity began to just strike my soul where I realized that it is appointed unto man once to die and after this to judgment. And I just started thinking about hell and how I don't want to go there. So we uh, get there and there's all this beer and marijuana and all that stuff's going on and I'm trying to indulge in that and it just didn't feel right. I can't explain it, but it's like taking a shower with socks on or just something that don't, it just did not feel right. I, I couldn't... I couldn't drink. I couldn't smoke weed. I mean, I, I, I was doing those um, actions, but it just, it was like repulsive. It was like, this just ain't ain't right. So I, all my friends went out to the club. I was like, hey, guys, I'm just going to stay back tonight. And they're like, oh, come on. You know, they're calling me all these names. And I was like, no, no, no. And I stayed in and I'm just uh, kind of got out those, those devotional books that she had left me. And I just started reading. And I just started, the presence of God just started falling on my life. And I felt like the Lord was calling me saying, Paul, there is more. And uh, so we go out to the beach and these people from Campus Crusade for Christ come up and they're sharing the gospel. And uh, this girl's, I'm just like, tell me about Jesus, you know? And this girl gives me this little book called The Four Spiritual Laws that talks about how God loves me, how he has a plan for my life. And there was this page where there was this chasm or this gap between God and man. And there was this bridge of Jesus. And the, the, the book went on to explain that the only way that we can get to God is through Jesus, that our sins separated us from God, but through Jesus, we can get connected back to God. And then the next page, there was this throne. This pierced me. There was this throne, and on one side of the throne, or one page, there was a man on the throne, and then on the other side, on the other illustration, there was the cross on the throne. And the question was, who's on the throne of your life? And the Holy Spirit began to convict me that I was on the throne, that my sins, my selfish desires was on the throne of my life. And so the, the conviction of God began to continue to just 
pursue me. I tried explaining this to my friends. I remember when my one friend, I was explaining this to him and he's like, oh, you need to get some hair in your chest and drink some more and you'll stop thinking all these crazy thoughts and blah, 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 blah. And it just came to this climax where I, I uh, remember it was a Sunday and I just started walking down the street. I was like, I got to find a church. I got to find a church. And so I go to this random church and I'm just like, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. And the whole week I basically dis connected myself from the party friends i went to the resort next door basically by this point all those friends had abandoned me because they're like you know paul lost his mind and i was trying to get right with god and i told the lord i was like i'm you have my future like i want to live for you jesus i don't want to be on the throne of my life i want jesus to be on the throne of my life i just begin to read that uh, devotional book that she had put into my suitcase. I just started, it had like one page for one day and it had a Bible verse and like a paragraph talking about that verse. I just started reading them all. Like I just read, I was like, you know, reading every single day of the year and I could not get enough of the Bible or these devotional books. And I'm just crying out to God. And so the trip culminates, you know, I, I kind of lose all my friends on the trip and uh, everyone thinks I lost my mind and I'm seeing into the spiritual realm and, and I'm just the reality of hell is so scary to me. Like I, it's so real and I do not want to go there. So we get on this little airplane to go from Myrtle beach to Atlanta and I don't have that much history flying airplanes, but this thing was raggedy. I mean, it was a small little one. Okay. And uh, we get on this airplane and we go through turbulence. We go straight through a thunderstorm. And this little small airplane, you know, little two seats on each side of the aisle, and it's very, very small. And this thing, I thought for sure we're about to crash because this thing just starts wobbling in the sky. And I'm thinking I have maybe three to five second window here to get saved, to get born again, to give my life to Jesus, because I literally thought the plane was going to hit the ground and then I was going to go to hell. And so I was just crying out on the airplane, Jesus, save me. Jesus, I'll live for you the rest of my life. Jesus, I give you everything. Jesus. And I'm just in, in my soul, I'm crying out to Jesus that you have my life. And probably about five or seven seconds go by or maybe longer. And next thing you know, there's light blue skies out the window, the turbulence stop and we get through the thunderstorm. And I was like, I'm still alive. I got another chance. And then I was like, okay, Jesus, I'm living for you. I'm living for you. And we land and we get to the Atlanta airport. Now, this is before cell phones. Uh, this was back in the day. Okay, so me and my buddy Mike Frischoni, we land in the Atlanta airport. And I was like, somehow we lost, we got, we, we lost, you know, we got, we we're walking. I think he went to Chick-fil-A and I went to Wendy, whatever. We just went our kind of own way and we had a three-hour layover. And I was like, I got to find like a chapel or, you know, some place like that in the airport. And I didn't realize how big the Atlanta airport is. So I'm walking around looking for the chapel and, uh, the, the presence of God is on me in the Atlanta airport. And, and he was kind of reminding me, he's like, you know, on the airplane, you said, you'd give me everything. You're going to live for me. Are you serious? And I was like, I'm serious. I'm serious. Cause I knew when I got back, you know, the, the, uh, doing anything with a female that had to stop the alcohol for sure. The, uh, the immorality, the drugs, all that had to stop. And I needed to give my life to Jesus and start getting, you know, getting right with God. And so I was like, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm serious. And I remember just sitting in the airport. I was like, I promise you when I lay, when I get off this airplane and I touch foot back in Ohio, that's where I was living at the time. I was like, the rest of my life is for you, God. And I just kept telling him over and over again, I'm serious. I'm serious. And so we get on the airplane. I remember a Jewish guy, a rabbi sat behind me, and I was just so excited uh, to live for God. So we land at like midnight. It was a little after midnight, I think. We land in Ohio. 
and I'm, I'm about to get off the airplane. I was like, I'm serious, God. You know, this is, I'm all, the rest of my life is for you, Jesus. And uh, whatever you want, I'll say whatever to anybody. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll live as, you know, I'll live holy. I just need you, God. And I, I, I said yes to the Lord. And then uh, literally lightning bolt hit the, the thing in between the airplane and the airport, the jetway or whatever it's called. And I was like, I'm serious, God. Like, you think I'm playing around? Like, what's going on? Like, this is crazy. The guy, the pilot comes on and they're like, well, this never happened before, but, you know, we got to get a new jetway. A lightning bolt just hit that one. And, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, supernatural stuff's going on around me. And I was like, God, I'm serious. You let me get off this airplane. I'm going to live for you. And so I get off the airplane. And that was that. I'm I'm all in for God. And so this has now been you know, fast forward 16 years, it's a process. There's times where I fell down and, and God picked me back up and his loving kindness, it continues to lead me to repentance, you know, moment after moment, hour after hour, day after day, the love of the love of Jesus, it just tenderizes my heart. The spirit in the Bible, it says that the spirit and the bride say come, that, that the, the Holy Spirit and the bride of Christ, the, the church is called the Bride of Christ, which I'll explain that in another uh, podcast episode, hopefully, how that all works. But the the Holy Spirit and the Bride of Christ is is going to call, call out on the earth, come Lord Jesus. And so the Lord, when this thing's all said and done, he's going to have a bride in the earth that's holy, that's pure, and that's spotless. And so that's what's the last 16 years of my life has been when the Lord got a hold of my life supernaturally. That lady was praying for me. I know some other people were praying for me. And I'm talking about one day I, I, I leave for this trip with the intention of partying. I come back for this trip sold out for Jesus. No one preached to me. I mean, the people from Campus Crusade for Christ gave me a little four spiritual laws book. But I'm talking angels, Holy Spirit, I don't understand fully how it all worked out, but they just broke into my life. That's why I'm so passionate about intercession prayer because we pray and God dispatches angels into our situation, into our circumstances, and it's powerful. So that's the week that my life all changed. And then this last 16 years has been this purification. It's been God just cleansing me. Matthew chapter 5, verse 8 says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And it's talking about a purity of our intentions, a purity of our motives, a purity of why do you actually do what you do? What's what's the motive behind it? And God's been getting up in my business, not just purifying my sexuality and, and my thoughts to be honorable before the Lord, but he's actually been purifying my motives, purifying my intentions so that I actually pray with a pure heart. I actually fast with a pure heart. I actually give with a pure heart. I actually treat people the way God treat wants people to be treated with honor and respect and love and humility. And so it's quite a journey. I still, I'm sure, have rough edges, and I need God. I mean, I desperately need him. But that's kind of where I'm at right now is that I gave, I, I made that initial surrender back in June of 2004, and it's like I just signed back up every morning. His, his mercies are new every morning. And I just say, I just, you know, the Lord reminds me, and I remind him, God, here I am. Here I am. I love Esther chapter 4, verse 14. It says, perhaps this is the moment for which you were created. And that's a whole another story where um, Esther and, and Mordecai, and they had this just 
divine moment in history where they stood for the Jewish people. And Esther's like, hey, if I perish, I perish. But I'm, I'm going all in on this. And the Lord's raising up people in this hour from every tribe, tongue, and nation who will truly just say, God, here I am. Here I am. And our weakness and our brokenness and our, you know, and our messed up past, just lay it before the Lord and give him our hearts. And he would just uh, break in with fire. I just think of, uh, you know, putting my life on the altar and, and allowing the fire of God to come and just just burn me up, just burn away whatever is in my life that doesn't please him and to just set a fresh flame inside of my heart. I don't want to live a life of complacency. I don't want to live a life of idols, but I just want to live for him. And so I'm really excited uh, for the future guys. And uh, I really appreciate, you know, you listening to me share my story. I know that a lot of people reach out to me and just share that, you know, Paul, I feel the Lord's, you know, tugging on my heart or I feel when you talk about God I feel something burning inside of me and I'm telling you guys the Lord is real Jesus Christ he is alive today he lived 2000 years ago he died on a cross for our sins but he actually resurrected 3 days later and he is alive today he's actually I mean he's a real human being he's a Jewish man that is alive today and he's where he's at right now is he's in heaven at the throne of God. This is a real place. Revelation chapter four, there's a throne of God in heaven. It's a, there's a sea of glass like crystal before it. There's this emerald rainbow that goes around his throne. This is all in Revelation chapter four in the Bible. And the father's on that throne. And uh, Daniel seven talks about this. Ezekiel chapter one, this incredible throne of God where the father of glory sits right now. And Jesus is at his right hand. And I believe that one day he's going to come back to this planet and He's going to set up his kingdom that will know no end. His government will know no end. And so it's, uh, you know, not an hour to be playing games with God. If he's, um, I don't know when he's coming back, but I, I want to make sure that my life is in order, that my life is, you know, honoring him and, you know, anything that's in my life that, that doesn't please God, it's, you know, needs to get cleaned up because I just want to live a life that is uh, fully pleasing to him fully honoring to him. So that's my story in a nutshell. We'll all elaborate more and more and more. Obviously, I skipped over 16 years of just crazy stories of the love of God encountering my heart, crazy stories of just the goodness of God pursuing me and and his loving kindness time and time time and time and time and time again leading me to repentance. When I stumbled and fell and made a poor choice, he is right there to just convict me, pick me back up, polish me back up and, you know, throw me right back into the front line. So I just appreciate his abundant um, love in my life. So that's my story. I'm going to just end this thing with a prayer. Father of glory, I just thank you that you saved me, God. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your mercy, God. I thank you for your grace, Lord. I put my heart on your altar again, God. I, I ask that you would send your fire on our life. God, burn away anything that isn't pleasing to you, God. Burn away our idols, God. Burn away just the the sins of our life, God. And I pray that you would send your fire on my life again, God. I, I pray that you would set my heart on fire again, God. Forgive me for being complacent, God. Forgive me for complaining, Lord. Forgive me for unforgiveness, God. I forgive my enemies, Lord. I forgive those who have hurt me, God. I bless my enemies today. I, I bless those who have hurt me, God. I forgive them, 
I just ask, God, for your fresh fire on my life, Lord. Forgive me for being prayerless, God. Teach me to be prayerful, Lord. Send your fire on our lives, God. I just ask that you would break in, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Tony, if you're listening, man, the Lord loves you, my brother. (laughs) I was just thinking about you, man, and I just, ah, the Lord likes you so much. I just saw an explosion of love and grace touching you, my friend. Tony and Lake Oconee. And I appreciate everyone else uh, for listening, guys. I, I'm going to share more and more and more, Lord willing, in the days ahead and really crack open the Bible and, and try to unlock the revelation of the knowledge of God. But, I mean, think about it. He created the stars, and he knows them by name. He created the oceans, and he told the... I love uh, Job. It's a really interesting book, but I love when he tells Job, he says, hey, where were you? Uh, when I, you know, I set the ocean and then I set a limit and told the waves where to stop and to go no more. Tell me if you know, Job. And God just starts flexing on Job. I mean, it's pretty intense. <laughs> and he just starts flexing on him about all these things that the power of God has created. And uh, so anyway, there's this this adventurous uh, ex- exploration in my heart to want to just go all in for God and just uh, give him my future and my ultimate priority in life or my ultimate goal for those of you who listen to my podcast you know I talk about like the vision board of you know short-term goals I have long-term goals I have but the the ultimate one I mean the biggest goal that I have in my life is to stand before Jesus one day which I believe every single person who hears the sound of my voice right now 100% of us we will all stand before Jesus one day when it's all said and done, and we'll have to give an account to him. There's no escaping that. But the ultimate goal of my life is on on that day when I stand before this man, Jesus, to give an account for my life, I want him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I mean, that that is it. That is the ultimate, ultimate, ultimate goal, is to have success on that day. I don't want to have any regret on that day, that while I was down here on the earth with the time entrusted to me in the most unique generation throughout all of history with the technology and the transportation that we have, I don't want to fumble this opportunity. I don't want to be distracted with the idols of this age or with my flesh or with sin, but I want to make sure that I'm locked in on Jesus and that I completed the assignment, that I love people well, that I shared his word, and that I lived in a way that was honorable to him that I did the work of his kingdom. So to, to be able to, I don't know if we'll even be able to stand up or if we'll be flat on our face or on our knees or how, how are we even, I don't even know how we'll go, but I want it to go well. And I want Jesus to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. So thank you guys for listening. And we will um, try to crank these out um, on Sundays. So if you enjoy and want to know more about who God is, you want to kind of stay up to date more with the, my pursuit of the Lord and what he's doing in my life and, and um, kind of go through the scriptures together, then i definitely keep an eye out for these bonus Sunday episodes. So love you guys. Thanks for listening.
If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com/audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com/audio. That's carshield.com/audio.